Welcome to another episode of the Mental Golf Show. I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and on today's episode, I could not be more excited to tell you who I am getting to talk to this time. Uh, This college coach needs no introduction, but I will introduce him anyway. His name is Conrad Ray. He is the head men's coach of the reigning NCAA champions, Stanford University. Uh, I mean, he's been at Stanford for 16 years. He's in his 16th year at Stanford. He has coached, obviously, uh, some of the best players in the country and now some of the best players in the world. Uh, He's just an all-around amazing coach that knows so much about the game, knows how to help players, knows how to take players from a high school golfer to basically to a PGA Tour player. Uh, he, he turns them out as amazing players. He takes amazing players and makes them more amazing. So uh, he obviously knows what he's doing. So listen closely to him. Uh, I apologize for the audio. He's on a, uh, you know, we're, we're doing it over cell phone. Um, I haven't quite worked out how best to talk to coaches in a clear way. But anyway, this one is him on the cell on a cell phone. Uh, and you know, when you get to coach, when you get to talk to a coach like this, you don't care how you get to talk to him, but, uh, you just are happy that you get to. So listen up and I hope you enjoy. All right, let's get into it. Obviously, your your list of accomplishments are just about endless. So, uh, you know, we could talk forever about how you've done as a coach. But I am I'm interested, just as a kind of your origin, a little bit of how you went from playing to, you know, playing on the team there, and then playing professionally, and then shifting your maybe priorities or or what what went on to change from playing to coaching. I think uh, nowadays at the collegiate golf level, at the highest level, there's not a, there's not a huge difference in kind of the approach that's taken to perform at a high level between being a player and a coach. Um, I think the best coaches that I look up to around the game are, are guys that take a, a performance-based approach. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is they, they think about uh, that, that playing good golf is way more than a good golf swing. Um, it's it's maybe more, you know it's more holistic than that. It's about training in 
a, in a holistic way. It's about controlling the controllables and focusing on the process um, and, and less on the outcome. Right. And I think it's a you know good players uh, you hear that from. I, uh, I I just enjoyed seeing Tommy Fleetwood when when uh, the year end prize in the European Tour and. They asked him about the two and a half million he pocketed, and he said he wasn't even thinking about the mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you look at some of the world, the world class players around the, you know, uh, around the game of golf today. The, the best ones are really focused on the process, and I think good coaches do that um, as well. And uh, that's what I try and think about critically as we get our guys ready for competition and, and representing Stanford. Right. So, do you? Do you have any actual tactics, or is it just kind of an environment that you try to try to keep? It, do you have actual tactics that bring out that process oriented rather than outcome oriented? Yeah, I, I, well, I think uh, the tactics it just starts between the years first. You know, like thinking about okay, what am I going to focus on, and what can I control, and what are things in the bucket that I can't control. And not worrying a whole lot about those things. So I think it, it, the mental part of that is the start. Um, and then when it comes to the physical training aspect, I think we like to really set up environments with our guys where the, the training and the practice and the time we spend is, is maybe more difficult than they'll find in competition. And even down to the fact of how we've designed a practice facility and how we use it has all gone into that same equation. You know, trying to put guys in game-like situations is something that I really believe in helps take out, you know, a good player and the work that they can do on a practice facility and take it to the course. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes in today's day and age, it's almost like we're, we're playing two sports. We're playing kind of practice facility or driving range and we're playing golf. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, all of it should be about shooting lower scores and not really worrying so much how, uh, how it's done, but what is done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how you get to that spot in performance where you're actually producing, uh, you know, quality shots or controllable shots or managing your golf ball or your person in a way that allows you to do that. So, um, you know, the, the tactics, though, you know, to me at the, at the real high level, it's just like your day-to-day routine of what practice and habits you're in and how you do that and how you think about it and where, where you get that information in terms of how you apply your attention. Mm. Are you? Do you have a hard time um, with you know guys that were just high schoolers? You know, getting them to buy into that philosophy, or is it? Uh, you know, obviously players are different now than when you started, and and personalities are different, and social media, and uh, you know the whole spectrum. Is it? Do you have a hard time getting that buy-in from players? Well, I think it depends on the player. Sometimes you do, because I think that if, you know, sometimes we'll recruit a top junior, for example, and he's coming from being a really big fish in a small pond. And so all of a sudden he gets kind of hit in the face with this idea like, hey, dude, like you're here at a level now, you're at a different level where we as coaches at Stanford might be the first people you've really honestly talked to or had interaction with that have told you you need to work on something (laughs) or you're not as good as you think you are, you know, because if you think about it, a lot of junior golf dynamics, um, a top ranked player is probably the best, one of the best students that this, the given, uh, you know, pro, their local swing coach or whoever is working with, uh, maybe they have parents that have really not have been, have had exposure to game, to the game at, at a higher level. Um, 
you know, they're the big story in town because they've just won the state championship or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so there's, there's, there's that moment in time where guys that we recruit come here and they realize, wow, the pool is a lot deeper than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think our job as coaches is to like continue to tell them, well, actually, you're only about midway through the pool. You know, mm-hmm. think if you are really saying you want to do this for your job, like it's way deeper out on the other end when you think about, you know, the top 10 or 15 players in the world on the professional level. So, mm. you know, we kind of walk them through that. You know, we start as, you know, they're in their waders to begin with, but we get them down into the water a little bit and uh, and dig in in terms of that training and, and ways to maybe give them a different perspective on, on where they're at and how they see themselves. Right, and, you know, I know as a, as a mid-am golfer and, you know, I play, you know, big amateur events and they're loaded – you know, like USAM is loaded with guys always from your team and, you know, the rest of the top 50 schools in the country. And and it it just seems, I don't know, I guess I'm just interested as from my perspective and maybe from your perspective now as being able to be more advanced in years and look back at the different perspective that a player like that has and... You know, mid-ams always talk about how serious those college guys are, and you know we can't wait to get into a mid-am tournament. To, um, I don't know. It it it's like, do you, what what is your role as far as mentoring, uh, college age personality? Um, do you feel like you've got to break down that big fish kind of personality? Well, I don't know if it's so much breakdown as just give them a different way to think about it, you know, um, maybe a way that they haven't thought of, you know, that, that they haven't seen before. Um, because I think at the end of the day, like, good golfers are always evolving. I mean, if they weren't, Tiger Woods would have quit working on a swing 10 years ago, right, or 20 years ago even. I mean, it, you know, so, like, the best players are always evolving. They're always trying to learn. And I think at the end of the day, if I'm doing my job as a coach, I'm trying to find ways where guys can develop like a really like a deeper passion for the game. I I always use that as like what to me is the determining factor on if a guy makes a living at it or not, mm. or plays better or not. And it's it's really simply boils down to the love of the game that they have. Because mm. if you love something, you want to learn more about it, mm. and and you want to get farther down the rabbit hole. And I think sometimes there's a lot at, at the junior level, you know, guys like it. They know that they're pretty good at it, but they don't really love it enough uh, to, to maybe endure all the all the ups and downs that you're going to have to deal with if you want to continue to evolve as a player, right? So um, I think that, and yeah, that's part of my job is to try and get guys thinking about golf in a different way than they maybe had before um, and, and, and helping them see it in a different part of their life, right? Um, versus, you know, it's something, it's almost like this conversation, this is getting pretty deep. Oh, like, no, no, uh, I love it. You know, it's like, it's like who, who, who you are versus what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like to me, I, I'm like, I, I do golf, but I also, it's a big part of my life, you know, mm-hmm. it's like who I am. And so, uh, it has been, and, and that's over time, right? And I've evolved to that place as a coach and a player myself. So, like, for young guys that come into our program, it's, it's trying to get them to think a little deeper about their game philosophically, you know, uh, who, who's really in charge, what are they focusing on, why do they love it, um, why do they hate it, you know, because if they hate it more than they love it, then there's maybe an imbalance. So, mm. you know, all those things are, are things that we try and draw out, and it ties back into kind of the psychology of what a good golfer does mm. or, or has, I think, at the, at the fingertips. Right, and and I 
just to speak to you saying it's getting deep, I, I love it because um, I work as a mental coach with a, a school over here in North Carolina, and and I I love that. Like, I don't care about your physical... I'm so far on the other end of the spectrum. I don't care about your physical game and that so much at all. I, I want to get deep, and I want to get to where your why is. And um, so I, you know, I ask you, like, what tactics you have to to help a player do you have like actually like do you just sit down with a player and just talk to them or or what kind of things do you do to to dig into that deeper layer and get them thinking different well i think some of it is to give them situations where it's okay to fail you know i think that's one thing that as a coach you know if you're taking the long perspective uh, it's okay to put your guys in a situation if there's a if it's all understood that hey we're in this together but it you know, we're going to go do something today or I'm going to play in a tournament or I'm going to be in a practice game with, a, you know, an All-American, and it's all going to be okay. You know, like you might get your butt kicked, but you got to know, you know, take the take the view of, like, this is all part of um, my evolution and me learning about my game and, and what I need to do to play better and, and to be and to raise that level up um, based on who I'm surrounded by. And I think that's what is powerful about our place and our program and hopefully we've built that is that it's just an environment for improvement you know and everyone's in it together and I I think those are probably like just the nuts and bolts tactics like I think we like we set up practice games with you know when you're when you show up every day and you got to go chip against uh you know a a first team all-american and you're a freshman who, you know, whose up and down percentage is much lower, you're going to get your butt kicked, right? But you learn and watch and, you know, you're in an environment where it's okay to get, to take a couple blows knowing that you're just getting better, you know? Mm. So, um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of different ways to, as a player individually that you can put yourself in those positions. But again, I kind of just keep going back to like, it's, it's your, it's almost as important as how you approach it and how you, how you really measure yourself and what you measure yourself against. Mm. So to kind of piggyback off of that, what would you tell, and maybe you do this, what what do you or what would you tell a player that's, you know, a freshman in high school, and your recruiting is probably on another level to, you know, a lot of the country, but if you have a, if you're talking to a freshman in high school, what would you say to plant a seed this is what you need to be doing over the next four years to be at the level of a Stanford or a high-level college. I, I would just tell them to like really dig deeper into to figuring out and taking the steps that they think that they need to take to get as good as they can get. You know, I think sometimes, I think you know, as a player, we can sabotage ourselves a little bit because we kind of know that we don't have you know, all the tools that we need to play, you know, to shoot that score consistently that we maybe just posted, but we, we rest on the laurels of that score versus like, Hey, I know in my heart that, you know, I, I made three, three forty footers. I chipped in once and I, you know, I heel shanked my driver four times, but got away with it, you know, um, as an example, you know what I mean? So, so as a freshman, I, I think it takes some maturity, but I would just, and for parents too, I would just say, Hey, Dig into dig into the parts of their game in terms of development that need the polishing the most, and don't be afraid to take take those on, even though it might cost you some results or some status or some ranking. Um, part of that is to like what tournaments you sign up for. This is a simple one, but 
as a freshman in high school, I think that you should have a sample of tournaments where you show up, you look around the putting green, and you're like, hey, if 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 you know I don't win today, then I it's it's on me, right? Mm. There should be a sample of tournaments where you show up and you kind of know some people, you kind of don't. You know, if you play solid, you got a chance to win. And then there should definitely be some tournaments where you show up and you don't know a soul on the putting green. You feel a little intimidated, and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to really play well to accomplish, you know, a, a top finish here, you know. And so I think the, the environment you put yourself in uh, or put your child in as a young junior golfer is really important. Um, and uh, that can come in a lot of different ways. Mm, that's good. Um, so just a kind of a couple rapid-fire questions. Um, is there something you – maybe you had a past player graduate and – uh, is there a regular thing you wish you had told a player that you didn't? Or, like, I guess the the roundabout way of asking, do you have any regrets over your last, you know, bunch of years coaching? Um, that's a really good question. Actually, I, I don't I don't really my mind doesn't go there a lot. I do know I wish I looking back on it. I think sometimes I let the my competitiveness as a coach get the better of me when really you know instead of me saying hey johnny like let's let's keep pushing this to get better versus like put my hand around him and say good job you know so Mm. it's like uh you know sometimes i think coaches just want the best for their players but they maybe aren't in the same mental spot as the coach and so you know to me that's that's maybe one part that uh i wish i would have done have done better um i i do recognize for sure the more i do it how important it is for a coach and a player to have a really strong relationship um and understanding each other well is like a key thing and sometimes when you're going through it you know you you, you wish that you would have just taken that that extra hour to go have lunch with the player versus like talking golf you know just to get to know them better mm-hmm. um those are all things that i think of that i i'm, I'm cautious or cautionary on um I I do think that the best relationships as far as like player and coach uh, in whatever form that takes is, is one that they, they both know where each other's coming from and they know that it's it's a it's a safe relationship you know and it's not a it's not filled with if there's judgment involved it's only coming from a good place and that works either direction you know so hmm. uh, right but, but yeah those those would be kind of my thoughts I guess off the cuff on yeah. on any sort of regrets over right. time yeah I, you know I. You probably don't have many because you just you've done so well for so long. Um, so, with that being said, do you have? I don't know. Is there ever like hangover type thing of of a year that you played really well, um, and then players are on a high, and then it's like, okay, guys, you know, start over. You know, like classic talk about a Super Bowl win. The next day, the coach says, "All right, we're back to zero. Uh, do you kind of yeah. have that? talk or anything like that with players yeah for sure i think it i i think that it's easy to kind of you know there's this fine balance right you want to celebrate when you do something cool right and and you want to take the time to you know enjoy the recognition and and uh enjoy that fun that you have and and commiserate about it and talk about it and use that as like a trampoline for you know what lies ahead but at the same rate to your point there is a certain you know, stage of the game where you got to turn the page and be like, okay, guys, new chapter. What's, what are we going to do next? And, and that reset mentally is, is hard to do, but you got to do it. Um, and, and I think a lot of it is just, uh, 
having the maturity again to know that really at the end of the day the trophies and the accolades and 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 all of that is is not why you know in a, in a really perfect world it's not why we should be doing it it's more about the journey and kind of the evolution and what you can learn about yourself and 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 maybe finding a different level of your game that you haven't had before you know mm. um that's that's that to me is like the cool part is when like guys surprise themselves you know um and and that's that's kind of what we focus on I, I think it is like we had that great run last spring uh winning five in a row and finishing off the national championship and we we frankly didn't really talk that much about winning it was kind of a weird thing we just we just kept talking about how everyone you know had the ability to play well and if we could put it together and everyone could show up and and know that they're they're fighting for each other and that they've got great teammates and um, they just manage their own business that we'd be fine and and all of a sudden we start rattling off some wins and uh, and and it was great because it wasn't like a big stressful thing you know we weren't like oh we didn't win today or we were gonna win we didn't talk about the result as much as we did about let's just show up and do our work mm, that's awesome and who better to hear that from than you but uh just I appreciate your time, but just kind of one final quick question. Um, what portion of golf would you say is mental and what portion is physical? Well, it's a, that's, a really, that's another good question. You're asking me some good ones. I, I, the more I do it, like, to me, like, there is a certain amount of proficiency you need to have, right? So, like, I, I've been a lot around a lot of really good players that don't, really think of they, they just naturally have good mental game because they hit it solid and they hit it on the face and they don't make mistakes right so the, the struggle I have is when you have that player who uh, just isn't that good as good as he needs to be physically you know in terms of the hitting or the game management or like the, the actual physical act of hitting a shot or a putt or a chip and then he wants to kind of go to the mental game and say oh my mental game's not that great you know, I'm, I'm not positive on the course, or I, you know, I can't think properly, or whatever. To me, I'm like, well, look, dude, like, you just got to hit it better. You know, you got to hit it. It's, it's easy to have to be happy on the course when you hit it on the green more times than not. You know, um, or you know, anyone that doesn't get up and down when they have five chances, you know, you don't get up and down once. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be mad too, right? So <laughs> it's like this really kind of hat in hand balance between focusing on just the, the the ability to execute and to be do the physical pieces i think leads to good mental game mm. but you also have to you also have to understand that having the right attitude and the ability to evolve and, and the appreciation that hey i do actually need to get better in these parts is a mental skill mm. right so there's kind of a it's kind of works double ways there mm. um but yeah I, I would say you know the adage that golf is more mental than physical is true mm. but good mental allows for good physical mm. so and vice versa i guess that's the uh exactly. <laughs> that's the moral of the story is who knows <laughs> yeah who knows and you know i would just i would I, I think good players are honest with themselves they're brutally honest with themselves and and that's a mental skill as much as it is a physical skill right so if if you know, if you're not functioning or, or able to do a certain skill that you need to do to shoot a certain score, then you got to be honest with yourself on that and then work on the physical part to be able to do that and take the steps to do that. Um, that that's, that's, you know, that's as much mental as physical to do that. So, 
you know, it, it, the jury's out. Let's put it that way. But um, I, I, I see the value in both. I see. Well, that's that's as a good of an answer as I could expect. Um, so, I appreciate your time, Coach. I won't keep you any longer. Um, yeah, just uh, thank you for your time. And do uh, you have any questions for yeah. me? <laughs> no, it's great, Josh. Thanks for doing what you're doing, and yeah. uh, cool that you're tackling. It's a big, big subject. So appreciate yeah. it, and good luck with your game and everything else. It's nice to meet with you. All right, thank you, Coach, and uh, have a good time in the off season. Okay. Take care. All, All right. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. If you liked it, I'd love it if you subscribed. And if you want some more, you can go to joshnicholsgolf.com or I would love to get in touch with you. Just send me a text, 336-399-1825. All right, catch you next time.